It's Nick Brown, Editor-in-Chief of Archives. Welcome to the April Adams. July 1969. Collins wishes his colleagues, Aldrin and Armstrong, luck as they transfer to the Eagle. Some hours later, Armstrong places his foot on the lunar surface, declaring, One small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind. The space race era, at least the intoxicating first phase, is over. This was rocket science in every way, a huge and complex challenge. The need for rocket science, though, isn't the exclusive province of space travel. 51 years on. Why is it that some ostensibly simple questions about common problems are so bafflingly difficult to answer? Two respiratory randomised control trials provide some insight. Steroid treatment in preschool asthma is arguably the archetypal example. It has the prerequisite properties and abundance. Refusal to let go of non-evidence-based practice. But I've been doing using this method for years, you protest. Measurement of outcome subjectivity and disagreement on which endpoint is most important. Phenotype heterogeneity, even misdiagnosis. There's almost nothing that digs heels more firmly in the ground. I could go on at length, but I don't think I need to. So, one can only applaud Alexander Wallace and colleagues' multi-site non-inferiority RCT in New Zealand, testing the difference in the PRAM, Preschool Respiratory Assessment Measure, 24 hours after the respective prednisolone or placebo doses. Despite a moderate degree of non-enrolment in eligible children, there were close to 500 participants. The primary outcome was the change in the well-validated Preschool Respiratory Assessment Measure, or PRAM, score 24 hours after intervention. Secondary outcomes included absolute PRAM scores at 4 and 24 hours, length of emergency department and inpatient stays, admission and representation rates, time to return to normal activities, and the relative proportions of children in each group given further doses of oral pregnisolone or intravenous rescue medication. There was no difference between groups of the primary outcome. The PRAM scores had 24 hours, with a difference between means of just minus 0.39 and confidence intervals from minus 0.8 to 0.06 being similar. Most children recovered with or without steroids within 24 hours, but the absolute PRAM score was lower in the pregnisolone group at 4 and 24 hours, as were admission rate, requirement for additional oral pregnisolone, and use of intravenous backup treatment. There were no differences between groups for time taken to return to normal activities or rates of representation within a week. We can't say whether the time of day of first dose is important or season of treatment of allergy more likely in the summer. URTI triggered in the winter, but this feels like a big step forward. Some might argue that alternative primary outcomes, readmission for example, would have been preferable, but as these are mainly dichotomous and therefore less statistically efficient, not to mention centre practice and geographical effect, might have left us with a false negative and continued angst. The rapid recovery times suggest a traditional prime number, of course, aren't they always? three-day course might be on the way out too, or at least the compliance with prophylaxis and inhaler technique are consistently assessed before reaching for the prescription pad. Let's see what happens. Though it isn't currently on the WHO top 10 threats list, 
promoting children's tobacco smoke exposure arguably shouldn't be particularly as legislative moves haven't, pun intended, stubbed it out. Mandeep Jassal and colleagues in Maryland, US, undertook an ambitious RCT targeted at children's caregivers who smoked. The implications for a decrease or even cessation of an immediate release from an environment steeped in an enveloping yellow fog, and longer term where the children, through copying their caregivers, are not given a template by which the cycle of deprivation is continued for life. In the trial, standard care was augmented through intervention group by moderately generous financial incentives to cut down urinary cottoning being the measure of compliance. I'd like to be able to say it worked, but it didn't. The discussion explores potential reasons why. Lack of connectivity with social networks in this group of largely maternal caregivers being one potential explanation. Realistically though, it seems tightening legislation is going to have to be part of any future solution. Sickle cell disease hasn't been a single unit, six monthly follow-up entity, inverted commas, for some time now. The Rena Kirana's review of recent hepatological progress demonstrates why perfectly. The liver is highly susceptible to direct and indirect damage, from sequestration to sludge to hemolysis to comorbidities. It feels intuitively as if a liver review annually in those unfortunate children should be as routine as a cerebral artery Doppler ultrasound, irrespective of absence of hard signs. Rocket Science comes in many forms. Enjoy the rest of the issue. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the website for more on adc.bmj.com. Bye for now.